0: If you're unhappy in this life like why do we need you know all these extra years it, it, it is about helping others it is about sharing the best of you with the world becoming like a better version of yourself it's basically about giving more than you take that's that's this you kind
1: know, of secret of happiness welcome to the Seamland podcast I'm your host Seamland. and our guest today is Sergey Young Sergey is an investor and a serial entrepreneur. He's the founder of the 100 Million Longevity Vision Fund. His latest book, The Science and Technology of Growing Young, talks about how to improve your longevity. This episode is brought to you by Bio-Optimizers. They're giving the listeners of this podcast an exclusive offer on one of their best-selling products. It's called Magnesium Breakthrough and is the most full-spectrum magnesium supplement out there. Most supplements contain only one or two forms of magnesium, when in reality, there are at least seven that your body needs and benefits from. You can save up to 20% off the best magnesium supplement on the market if you head over to simlund.com forward slash magnesium. That's simlund.com forward slash magnesium. Sergey, welcome to the show. Hi,
0: Sim. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be with you today.
1: Yeah, I'm also glad to speak with you. And uh, yeah, you were recently written uh, this amazing book about uh, how do you optimize your longevity and potentially increase your lifespan. Uh, but before we get into the book, uh, like how did you get into like longevity itself? What made you interested in it?
0: Yeah, so um, our journey to health always starts with a problem, always start with a wake-up call. And like 80% of people around me had the same experience. You got to like, a wake-up call like a huge shock which is usually significant deterioration of your own health of the health of the people that you love so that's unfortunately the story for me it was lung cancer of my father back in 2005 he survived but the quality of his life has never recovered and and uh, i just discovered that i've been genetically predisposed to have uh, high cholesterol level back in 2014 and they wanted to put me on drugs, on statins. And uh, I didn't really like the idea of, you know, taking statins, uh, drugs every day for the rest of my life for another 40 years. At this time, I thought I'm going to be living another 40 years. Right now, I have much more ambitious number. And um, so I just started to experiment uh, using food um, supplements. um physical exercises to just optimize my health. And apparently I solved this high cholesterol problem without any statins. And uh, I thought, okay, if our body has this amazing ability to heal itself, to be healthy, uh, there's so many things that I can do. And then fast forward uh, a few years later, I, I founded my new fund called Longevity Vision Fund, which invests in, in different longevity technologies, basically bringing affordable, an accessible version of healthcare to the world.
1: Mm, right. Yeah, there's, uh, usually people start to change if they're like already too late in a sense that uh, they have yeah, some, yeah, some sort of, yeah. like, bad problems. Well, it's
0: never too late. Yeah, but like. you're right. Yeah, that's, that's fortunate reality. Like health is always important, but never urgent. And that's, that's the problem with our relationship with health.
1: Mm, yeah. And of course, like the prevention is the kind of best uh, way to go about it.
0: Uh, exactly. And it's like, it, look, it, from it, I'm an investor, right? So from economic perspective, it's 10 to 20 times cheaper. And then it also helps you to sustain the quality of your life. You can obviously treat cancer stage four, like at the late stage, but like recovery rates are 20 to 30%. So mm-hmm. it's like 60 to 70%, uh, uh, sorry, uh, 70 to 80% probability of uh, uh, dying but also like, it's just very difficult to sustain the quality of your life after this kind of treatments. Yeah. So we need to be preventive and proactive about
1: this whole thing. Yeah. You mentioned that you have like a very ambitious number for your age. So what is <laughs> how, how old do you want to live? Oh, look, there's, there's inflation going on in the world. Like, Who
0: wants to live to 1,000 years, like 300 years? For me, the, the uh, objective is 200 years. And uh, I want to live... Every morning I wake up and I start with my mantra. My mantra is... I want to live to two hundred years in the body of twenty five years old man mm-hmm. and i'm forty nine this day, so it's uh it's still ambitious on both sides
1: <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, of course you if you were to uh, be super frail or um, its uh, your quality of life would be very low, I think most people wouldn't want to live to two hundred, so it's a, of course yeah yeah, so the youthfulness is still uh, kind of paramount. Uh, but uh, how do you do it? How, how what do you do for yourself uh, to reach that number?
0: Yeah, so um, if you look at the book, I'm talking about kind of three periods of time. One is what you can do today to live to 100 healthy and happy years. So, and I do believe in today's world, unless you're genetically unlucky very unlucky. It's possible to live to a hundred years. And, um, you know, I call it, it's, it's five longevity buckets. We can discuss that. Like what are the things I'm doing now? And I'm, I, and I, I got a lot of people in the longevity field. So I, I kind of know what particular routines they, um, they use. And I'm, I'm pretty sure your audience is pretty familiar with that. Um, so that's one. And that's actually like the bonus chapter of the book. It's called who wants to live forever. And it's about 10 longevity choices that you can do today. So that and it, chapter is like twice as long as any other chapter. So a lot of things you can do today. So mm-hmm. then the major part of the book is, is what I call a near horizon of longevity innovation. So uh, I'm talking about technologies and, and scientific breakthroughs, which are going to be available to us in the next 10 to 20 years. And just to give you an example, it's so I'm talking about gene editing, gene therapy. I'm talking about... Um, longevity and appeal new class of drugs similar to longevity supplements we're going to have longevity drugs pretty soon in the next five to ten years whether it's going to be informing rapamycin or anything else or a drug developed by artificial intelligence we'll see but we're going to have it and uh, organ regeneration similar to old cars we're going to be able to replace organs inside our bodies So that's that's like a near horizon of longevity innovation. This is the main part of the book. And like final two chapters um, is a chapter about the far horizon of longevity innovation. So uh, while near horizon is available to us in 10, 20 years, this will help us to break this barrier of the maximum lifespan, to live longer than 120 years. I mean, you know, and our audience knows that. The oldest person on earth, uh, she lived to 122 and she died 20 years ago. She was French. Um, and um, so this will help us to live to 120, 150 years. But then the far horizon of longevity innovation, which basically technologies, uh, which will be available to us in the next 25 to 50 years, will help us to live you know for as long as possible to 200 years. But that's changing from biological view of human body to more, engineering view of human body. And like Far Horizon of Longevity Innovation, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you technologies like human avatars, either robotic ones or virtual ones, human brain AI integration, um, nanobots inside our body. And we are all gonna be full of sensors and we're gonna, we're gonna create internet of bodies, similar to internet of things, the concept that we know today, uh, the same thing will happen with our body. We're going to be full of sensors. I'm full of sensors today. So I have, you know, Whoop, I have um, Apple Watch. I, I just installed in, in my, again, for another 14 days, my continuous glucose monitor. I'm using Oura Ring to monitor my sleep, patch to monitor the work of my heart. So it, this is all going to be implanted in us. And it's going to be run by artificial intelligence in a decentralized way. So the, it's going to be like a global system to manage our health. But again, 25, 50 years from now, we need—we still need to stay on longevity bridge. We still need to be healthy and happy before that.
1: <laughs> yeah, because you can still, like, get hit by a bus or something.
0: <laughs> well, statistically, well, that's, that's, well that's, I'm not a big fan of immortality. I'm not sure we need to discuss immortality a lot. But, like, technically, I don't think immortality is possible anyway, because there's mm. always this black swan event where, like, being hit by a bus or anything else, then... And, and uh, so that, that's kind of one. And second, I do think if you take out the death from the human cycle, we're not going to be humans. But like living, adding 10, 20, 50 healthy and happy years to my life, I'm all for it. I have plenty of plans on this planet and on you know, going to Mars as well. I need three more years to go back and forth.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a kind of differentiation between uh, immortality and uh, just uh, extending lifespan. So,
0: yeah, this is interesting. And like we do invest a lot in technology and, and the science, right? So, even if you try to model this this whole concept, like when it's not going to be one day when you're going to decide whether you want to be, live indefinitely or going to be immortal or not, it's always going to be your series of life extension decisions, like every two, three, five years you, you will need to say yes or no to extending your life. Okay. And that's, that's a different concept. And that's, that's just a lot of, um, control responsibilities and a lot of freedom on our side, not on the Mm -hmm. side of just mother nature defining where, when you're going to die.
1: So it's more of like, um, instead of reaching this omnipotent state of immortality, you're just constantly having to, uh, push the deadline further yeah sort of. right yeah
0: it's called longevity in velocity. it was uh, invented by david gobel uh, and aubrey de Grey. And, uh, and the gray and like every framework it's just simplification of reality but in the end of the day like in the last few decades we've been adding one or two years of lifespan uh for every decade uh in the future we're going to be adding at least another 10 years within 10 years so that, this is what is
1: happening hmm. So some people say that the the um, escape velocity is going to happen like in 2035 if i'm not mistaken or 2024 20, 2045 or something like that so yeah. when do you think that is going to happen yeah so I, I do think it's it's very
0: difficult to predict when it's going to happen and I, I do know that whatever we have today whether its you know power of early diagnostic right diagnostic comes to our home that's that's a that's the theme of the chapter called diy diagnostic or Power like early, uh, you know, early diagnostic through checkups and medical screening as well. We don't have technology today to extend our life. Uh, so I can predict when longevity escape velocity will, will be available to us. So if you think about um, what like what particular technology can help us to do it, it's it's two options. One is gene editing, unless we create the new uh like a generation or of humans or human beings 2.0 uh, in our current biological form it's going to be very difficult to reach longevity escape velocity as well so that's that's one thing um and or if we're gonna completely if we're gonna go completely digital and the man and machine will become one we're gonna integrate with computer power with uh with uh, non-biological objects or parts of us. And then that's the other, or, or you can you can go just like virtual and create your virtual avatar and uh, he or she will live uh, forever. But like, I'm not a big fan of it. Uh, so my job is to change as many lives as possible. In fact, my mission is to change at least 1 billion lives. So I'm actually interested in the a, in a big numbers, bringing, mm-hmm. uh, bringing technology-based, data-driven, very affordable version of healthcare to the world. My dream for the healthcare service to be like a basic service that every government will offer to their citizens for free. Mm. And I do think that the scientific breakthroughs today and, and, and technological discoveries are giving us this opportunity to do it in the next 10 to 20 years.
1: Mm. Well, that's a good, good, uh, good to hear. And uh, we'll hope for so. Uh, but but uh, given that, given you talking about the avatars, like, um, that kind of brings into a lot of the questions about like consciousness and stuff like uh, would yeah. that be, would it be actually you or is it like a separate exactly. entity inside of your avatar or something exactly yes so
0: actually i had a, i had a great conversation i was interviewing two guys for my book um uh, for the avatar question one was uh, ronnie Abowitz, the ceo of uh, magic leap and the other one was peter jackson the man behind the uh, lord of the rings Avatar movie and Hobbits movie as well. So I asked them this question. So they truly believe that, you know, any recreation of ourselves in a virtual reality is not going to be us. So, and obviously we all want to stick to the material world, right? Um, we so much enjoy in this life, so we don't need to go virtual. But uh, is it helpful? Uh, probably yes. Uh, would it be like a massive solution for us to live longer? Yeah, I'm not sure we'll, you know, a lot of people going to be, you um, uh, having fun and and uh, a lot of people would want to live in the virtual reality.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like the Matrix then.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's exactly the metaphor that I had in mind.
1: Right, uh, but let's start with some of the you know some of the basics or like the reverse back to yeah. some of the basics. Like what are the uh, what can they do right now? So to say, like what can people do right now to have like a positive effect on their longevity? What we know that works.
0: Um, what we can do today to live longer. So you had a lot of amazing guests on the podcast. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time explaining that. And some of the things is really familiar to our audience. When I have my 30 seconds, and again, it's five longevity buckets. Bucket number one, this is where I spend my time when I have 30 seconds on longevity. I just push people to do their annual medical screening. This is the most important day of your life every year. Well, my wife has a different idea what is the most <laughs> important day of, of my life every year but uh for me if this year it was june 8 i went to san diego in california to F- human longevity center and done comprehensive screening and and this is, comes back to our early discussion the power of early diagnostic these days if you do like early diagnostic of four killer diseases which are responsible for 90 percent of deaths after age of 50 which is cancer heart disease diabetes and neurogenerative disease you're fine you know you, there's so many things that we can prevent. Uh, so that's very important. Um, so the second piece is, is basically about our life choices, or I call it don't die stupid, mm-hmm. or passive longevity, like a more polite version of that, uh, like tobacco smoking. And here in Europe, we have like, depending on the country, like 25 to 30% of the adults is still smoking tobacco. It's not that rare, by the way. Yeah. The fact that we don't see these people on the street or in the restaurant is so kind of prohibited now by regulation, but they still smoke. So, it's, this is statistically minus 10 years from your life. Not using your seat belts in the car all the time is mm. minus two years from your life. Uh, riding motorcycle is 17 times more dangerous than driving a car. Mm. So, the like, uh, mortality rates from motorcycle accidents is like 17 times higher than car accidents. Or when we'll have an option, I mean, if you can use driverless car, where a computer drives a car, mortality rates from driverless car's accidents is like 10 times lower than right. when it's human driving that. So, <clears throat> or, uh, you know, like, I've I, yeah, I'm, I'm been lucky one. So I went to like South Pole and North Pole,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: On, on this planet. But um, it was all calculated risk. When I had an offer to, to go to and, and climb Mount Everest, it's like five to six percent mortality rate i'm oh. like no guys i'm father of four yeah i i want to hang out for another 151 year on this planet i don't want to take this risk. so this this is a typical mindset that you need to have yeah. second is dive yeah, yeah go on
1: like skydiving or something like extreme sports <laughs> bungee, bungee jumping ah oh, you shouldn't <laughs> do this yeah i mean it's uh
0: yeah, I mean, you probably seen Dr. Amen, a, a neurologist and a, and a brain, literally a professor and mm-hmm. and uh, and doctor uh, from California. Um, uh, he basically said like every time we release the dopamine through this um, through this um, like extreme experiences, we just borrow from the future, right? So it's like it just it's really what it really does is just brings you hormonal and emotional volatility and that's basically it. So it's not really kind of good for, for your sustaining and long-term health. The yeah. third one is about diet. There's a lot of disagreement what actually extends our life. But there's one agreement in academic community that caloric restriction, uh, taking less calories, 15 to 25% less calories every day will bring you another two, three or five healthy and hopefully happy years in this world, it's actually easy to say, it's very difficult to do. And I'm pretty sure your guest and you have a lot of ideas how to, uh, like what's, what should be your diet routine. Uh, but like what I do, I do fasting. So I fast 36 hours every week. Uh, this is helpful in terms of reducing your calories. And I am really heavily uh, vegetables based. So if you take a lot of vegetables, they very low in, in terms of calories. And obviously I took out all the sugar from my diet. Uh, and diet of my kids and they so they when they when they write a resolution to uh, santa claus they they always say well can we have a like a real pasta not pasta without gluten (laughs) (laughs) or can we have some candies in in our home so these kind of things uh the fourth one is physical activity and we have this view of physical activity which is very binary so you either like Running marathon, or you become an Iron Man or Iron Woman, and um, or I'm just sitting at home and watching TV. That's it. So, I do think it's something in between. You can always use your wearables to measure like 10,000 steps a day, and 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 I do believe this is you know 50 or uh, uh, two thirds, uh, like 50%, or half, or two thirds of your physical activity agenda for the day. And it's, it's just a lot of things you can put on top of it. Uh, you know, cardio, uh, stretching, um, heavy lifting is actually very important after you turn 50 or 60. But like, I mean, even if you, if you can integrate walking in, in so many parts of your life. And the fifth is uh, mental health uh, or what I call uh, peace of mind it's uh, sleep it's mindfulness and meditation and sense of purpose uh if you aren't happy in this life like why do we need you know all these extra years and uh it it is about helping others it is about sharing the best of you with the world becoming like a better version of yourself it's basically about giving more than you take that's that's this kind of secret of happiness
1: Hmm. yeah that's a good good overview and i agree uh, with all of them that uh Kind of the fundamentals we already know work. Just you know, don't overeat, don't become obese, uh, manage your blood biomarkers, exercise, and uh, manage stress and uh, social connections and those kind of things. Those are the uh, the main fundamentals. And if if you look at the blue zones as well, the, where, where people live uh, very long, then uh, they follow those same uh, principles. That they don't necessarily yeah go for marathons, but they do have this uh, low level of uh, physical activity all the time. Yeah, and they don't yeah. overeat. They eat like yeah. you know different kinds of foods. They eat a lot of vegetables. Uh, but they also like drink wine and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, yeah, like it's kind of a balanced uh, way of living.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's basically these people and uh, it's not only in the concept of these zones, but you know, everywhere people live longer, they, they usually live closer to the sea because then then there's prevalence of, you know, fish-based omega-3 in your uh, diet, more wild fish if you want rather than farm fish as well. And it's, it's, an, it's uh, usually it's... Um, it's a very rough terrain, right? So you, you're just forced to you know, use bicycle or do walking rather than drive the car all the time, like in the U.S. in the big cities. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's a smaller village, smaller communities where a lot of um, social support that you receive. Uh, it's also very important for, um, for longevity. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's that's true. Like the hills make, make you just you know exert more energy when you're climbing yeah. them, and the I think the altitude also has also an effect on the uh, cardiovascular system. Yeah, I agree. By the way, hmm. uh, but uh, you mentioned the intermittent fasting, so uh, that's what I will do myself as well. Uh, how, how do you do it? Like, do you do it every day, or how? Yeah. So do
0: what it? I do? No, what I do? I just every week I I fast thirty six um, hours. In fact, today we're speaking on on Tuesday. Um, I'm in the middle of my fasting day, so I finish my last food is on um, Monday evening,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then I start on uh, Wednesday morning.
1: Okay.
0: Sometimes I start like Sunday evening, and then I finish on on Tuesday morning. It's basically two nights and one day. Like two nights, you sleep in anyway, so you're not eating while you sleep. And yeah. uh, so that's one. And then the other thing is, uh, and just during the day, during the fasting day, I just uh, you know drink herbal tea. Uh, one or two coffees, uh, a lot of water and that's it. And I'm fine. I'm really enjoying this.
1: Yeah. 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 It's more, uh, it's pretty easy. Like once you get used to it. Uh, and... Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like we, ha- we, like you're on really fast, your body really kind of used to fast. And uh, after, you know, four or five sessions, you, your body is actually hungry for that. It missing this, <laughs> uh, this beautiful lightness that you have in the end of the fast.
1: Yeah. Mm. I do do it on uh, the other days like this time or eating eating. Uh, yes, so I'm, well, I'm I, on the other days. I'm trying to
0: avoid breakfast, so then I just have like a lunch and and a dinner. So if I can feed uh, into intermittent fasting, uh, that's great. It's like six hours, uh, uh, so I I I have food at twelve and at um, in afternoon and then at five or six p.m. and the rest I'm trying not to eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not always successful but like without the cheat days it's just uh uh very difficult to enjoy your life so my cheat days is is,
1: in, is on Saturday. <laughs> well that's good to hear because that's that's also like uh at least like psychologically it can be uh also beneficial for for longevity
0: <laughs> Yeah, like I I've been diagnosed three times with excess of uh, healthy living. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm always going to the extremes and uh, what I actually find that once you go to the extreme, your body starts to work uh, against that to, to bring you to the balance. So like any balanced view is, is, is healthy, you know, any radical extreme, it's, it might not be sustainable.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but uh, what do you eat then? Like, do you, do, uh, like the, you mentioned that color restriction is beneficial for longevity and uh fasting helps to mimic that but yeah. do you but do you then uh, restrict your calories on the regular days as well or do you let the fasting let to create this calorie uh deficit?
0: yeah no so i i do uh, i do follow quite a strict diet like every day and in my diet it's just easier to tell uh what i eat rather than what i'm not allowing myself to eat so it's heavily vegetables based both um um how do you call it like a fresh vegetables and uh and um greens cooked cooked yeah and cooked vegetables as well Mm. and uh i very rarely eat meat it's uh probably once every two weeks and i need to know the source of this meat because i'm really uh, i'm really not in a position to you know integrate industrially produced meat in my daily uh, diet and the problem with industrial meat is, is not about the meat itself, it's about the things which should not be there, like antibiotics, growth hormones, e-coli bacteria as well. And um, like in the U.S., I think it's in the U.S., 70% of antibiotics is consumed by animals on the farm and by fish in, in farms as well. This is ridiculous, right? We're just developing this antibiotic resistance by eating this so and for fish i you know i i usually enjoy wild fish either from atlantic or pacific ocean and it's this is like the best thing that you can do it's and it's i think it's a good source of uh protein and and fat as well um so i know quite a lot of people who are on a vegan diet but it's just very difficult for me to with my travel profile and and my working profile and being a father of four kids uh there's always something tempting uh for me but, uh, so I, I, I'm just on a balanced diet, heavily focused on plants, on vegetables.
1: Yeah. It also and makes I do know fruits, yeah. Yeah. Well, it makes it easier to uh, adhere to a calorie deficit as well. <laughs> You're, like, exactly. With a higher fiber intake.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, even if I would have like a half of my table full of vegetables, I'm still going to be fine
1: on the calorie side. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, then uh what about all, like eggs or dairy those kind of things on your question on dairy uh
0: so i eliminated dairy probably like five years ago from my um diet and i really enjoyed it so i don't have particularly this, like super scientific view like while dairy is is bad for our health but just experimenting and eliminating the dairy it was it felt really good and i never you know, come back even like for coffee you can always use coconut milk or um you know any other alternative uh, milk as well there's two problems there one and again this is i'm i'm pretty naive actually in uh, in this regard so like one is like a dairy um for 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 dairy to be processed in your side your body it needs to become fermented right because after the age of one probably after we we grown up we we lose this like ability to process the dairy in in the current form so like the the dairy products will need to be like for two or three days inside your uh body inside your gut get fermented uh with a lot of gases you know toxins and then after that you can process that this is one thing that that uh I basically understood what is happening with, uh, tr- when we try to process dairy areas and say, well, the other thing again, about industrial practices on farms for, for cow to lactate, they give a lot of hormones. And again, this is, it's just a lot of hormones in, uh, in dairy products. But obviously, I mean, if you have, um, the benefit of your neighbor who's doing completely organic farming and, uh, in a peaceful and eco-friendly way, that's, that might be the opportunity to reconsider, but yeah, yeah. I don't have this, uh, this luxury. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the yeah, the quality of the dairy is huge because the, you know, pasteurization and the antibiotics and uh, growth hormones, those things, they do may make the, uh, you know, dairy product itself more inflammatory and uh, things like that, but you know, if, if it is like whole raw dairy or um, like yeah, organic, then uh, it can still be like a good source of like calcium yeah. and uh, nutrition, and you know. Yeah, yeah. Have you yeah, have you, have you noticed, not noticed any like uh, biomarker differences between uh, being on dairy and versus not being on dairy?
0: Uh, no, no. But like just looking at the quality of my skin and the quality of my gut processes, like you know gases, yeah, you know, all other stuff. Uh, it's 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 just been completely different for me. It was really comfortable. I'm always like my relationship with food yeah, went hundred percent positive uh, after I eliminated this.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, what about exercise? What kind of exercise uh, do you do? Yeah,
0: so um, I'm, um, I had particularly difficult COVID case back in December uh, 2020. So it was uh, 20 days I spent in a bath with uh, with the fever. Um, so I, I have this positive interpretation of that. I, what I've heard people with very strong immune system tend to overreact to COVID. So that's my kind of positive explanation of what has happened. So I'm just recovering from, it was pretty d- difficult. So for the last six days, sorry, six uh, uh, months, I was doing mostly um, yoga, uh, stretching, uh, Pilates and, um, and, uh, that's it. And a lot of walking, uh, and uh, right now I'm starting to integrate like a cardio and swimming, uh, to my life as well. And more high intensity interval training is my new big, uh, uh, passion. I mean, in the course of 15 or 30 minutes, you can, you can just get a lot of effect. And I was just, I I just got a book printed, uh, uh on high intensity interval training i still haven't uh read this but apparently it's actually worked pretty well in terms of your like body resilience and and you know helping your body to um uh to build uh immune and and physical
1: systems as well Mm. what about like weights uh, resistance training? you mentioned that so
0: i've uh i I didn't really enjoy it i was doing weights probably five years ago and i didn't really enjoy it just like personally it was uh, not really kind of interesting for me because my mind is very quick and i'm like always oh i need you know it needs to be you know busy it's probably before i started to do meditation on mindfulness i need to try again but like literally after the age of 55 or 60 you have to do weights at least once a week because what is happening, weights are like so good for your bone system and your cartilage as well. Like people who's done heavy lifting are professional sportsmen, they have uh, you know zero risk in, in, in terms of the you know bones uh, density or you know any other age-related disease in this field. So it's it's almost like you know, prescribed by you know, for everyone with turn 60. Uh, uh, if you can, uh, you'll really enjoy it, and it's really good for
1: your bone health and bone density. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, did you or like uh, how often do you do it then? The yeah. So
0: like for weight yeah, for weightlifting, I've done every week. I had just one one hour session, and what, what I heard again in terms of prevention, uh, it's once once a week, even for one hour, it's kind of fine. And the rest is just basically, you need to be passionate about this whole thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of like, um, let's move on maybe with like some of the supplements or the yeah. uh, more drugs or yeah. compounds you take.
0: Yeah, so um, so on the supplements, I just uh, on, uh, uh, yeah, on sergeyyang.com, I've developed a lot of uh, different, um, how do you call it, infographics on mm-hmm. coms uh, And uh, there's this uh, part in the book dedicated to supplements as well um so on supplements first of all i'm a big believer in supplements because of their placebo effect i'm typical placebo man (laughs) if i believe in something it works so and uh, literally in, in some of the um so we do invest a lot in in like drug discovery and specifically with the help of artificial intelligence and like in some of the trials when people test drugs like placebo, group is like the, your biggest competitor because people tend to react to placebo sometimes in the same way, like to the chemical substance. Um, so on the supplements, I've uh, there, there was a point of my life when I was taking up to like 40 different subs, uh, supplements kinds of supplements, so it, it was more pieces like uh, morning, um, lunch, and um. And evening. Right now, it's uh, I'll show it to you. It's less than that. Uh, so well, I have. This is because I'm 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 usually having like two um, uh, two uh, meals a day. So it's uh, similar to that. This is what I have, and this is uh, for tomorrow. This is my evening portion. Um, so um, what do I take? Uh, vitamin D3. I, I think we all. Uh, uh, we, we don't have sufficient level of vitamin D and, and and because we're always under the roof. We don't have relationship or exposure to, to sun. We, it's either you're in a car or in a subway or in the office or you're at home. So like, where's this vitamin D will come from? So that's that's kind of one thing. Second, omega-3 is, is super important. So I'm taking like the most supercharged version of omega-3. It mm-hmm. should be from wild, you know, fish. And uh, it's a combination of like seaweed and omega-3 supplements. Uh, I like that. I, I actually do, a, I'm a big fan of seaweed. And I'm um, taking actually, I have six-month rotation schedule. Like every month I would take like a different seaweed mm-hmm. uh, in form of supplements. And um, this is what I learned from Japanese, like from every nation living close to the sea. it's uh, This is a great component of uh, this as well. Because of my liver problem and my high cholesterol, I tend to take... Um, Quite a, bit, uh, quite a bit of milk thistle. So that's then that. For my brain, I take ginkgo biloba. I spent uh, uh, quite a bit of time in Shaolin Monastery in, in China learning different arts. Uh, and uh, I was surprised like ginkgo is like their, you know, tree number one and uh, they they're big fan of, uh, of that. So um, yeah, like garlic for your heart. And obviously if you look at garlic supplements this day, whether it's oil or powder, It's all orderless, so you you don't have like a social distancing problem or opportunities (laughs) by taking this. I I think it's actually very important to take care of your health, uh, sorry, uh, heart health, and your vessel system by taking garlic supplements as well. And I do rotate this. It's I'm I'm not I'm I'm taking this for like thirty days, and I'm taking depending on the supplement one or two or three or even five times off, and then I gonna rotate. what else, and in terms of longevity supplements, like the only thing that I'm taking is NMN. Uh, where's my NM? Uh, yeah. Uh, so the one that I take is uh, it's from um, what's there? alive by nature? Uh, it's sublingual, so I like the fact that I, I just take like you know, four pieces you know, under my tongue. And uh, like every morning I can absorb it. So, so NMN is like the only thing that I'm I'm taking on a regular basis. And I'm not taking any drugs like uh, metformin or rapamycin. I do think uh, they may be promising in the longer term, but in the age of 49, I don't feel like I need to be on metformin. And I don't have, uh, so I'm measuring my glucose with my... Um, uh, uh freestyle liberlink with my glucose monitor so i'll just uh do like this yeah and it's always fun to see the number uh so i have everything you know everything is okay on my glucose level so i yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if midformin is midformin is extending lives of everyone or the people with, which are predisposed to have you know, high diabetes risk. So that's mm-hmm. the, but we will clear this in the next five to 10 years. There's just a, yeah. there's a, there's a chapter in the book called longevity in Appeal, which basically says about different candidates for longevity drugs. And they, if you ask me, there's like at least 50% of chance that it's not going to be existing drug. It's going to be the drug developed by artificial intelligence. Um, so the, this is what we invest um, through longevity vision fund. Mm. That's a bit lengthy uh, answer, but yeah, I'm a big fan of this topic, yeah.
1: That's a great, yeah, like, uh, it's, a, it's a, those are a lot of the supplements I take myself as well, like the garlic and uh, the vitamin D and NMN, I take it as well every once in a while. And I agree with the metformin that if you're not diabetic, then uh, maybe you don't need it, because it can also have, like, some negative effects on, like, exercise yeah. performance, and yeah. so things like that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true, by the way. That's actually like the biggest uh, side effect that people mentioned. People who are on metformin, it's uh, saying it's just reducing the efficiency of your exercise. I don't think it's that bad, but I'm, I'm just, yeah. I don't, I don't think I am at the age and, 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 and the state of the health which would require to be on metformin there. Uh, and it's yeah, in, in some of the countries prescription drugs. So you, you just, you really need to see the doctor and have dialogue with your doctor. Before you take in this, uh,
1: this risk, Uh, what about rapamycin?
0: Uh, so I, it's, I, I don't even know like whether we need to, um, count on rapamycin, um, as a longevity drug, it's immunosuppressant. And, and like, I'm not a big fan of suppressing my immune system, let me put it this way. And again, it's, I, I don't think it it does matter what Sergey Young. Or any of us think about this quality. This needs to be a trial uh, when, in the course of you know, three or five years, we'll test these drugs in the context of their longevity side effects, and and it's it. And and this is what is happening with you near know, Barzilla, and I'm on the board of American Federation of Aging Research. And we're working seriously on launching the TAME trial, uh, which will test metformin in the context of H. Uh, age-related diseases drug or, or, or longevity drug, um, in the next few years, it's going to be 3,000 people, we're going to receive results of that, and then we'll, it's going to be pretty clear whether we, be, uh, we can count on it. And then, funny fact uh, from near Barzilai, a very good friend, professor um, who is um, leading the TAME trial uh, in the context of American Federation of Aging Research, Meet, uh, you know, there's like placebo group in every trial and, and like it, in this case, it's midformin group. So uh, placebo uh, for this trial was much more expensive than midformin. Well, Can you imagine that? This is generic <laughs> drug. It's been here for like 50 to 60 years. Uh, so, and this is just to confirm that longevity and health is not necessarily like expensive thing that you couldn't really afford. Like I was just looking at this study, like the typical pushback that I got when I speak in the US, like, like, Sergey, we don't have money to live on on a healthy diet. Come on. I mean, you just go to the store and you buy vegetables. This is like the cheapest diet you can have and you can cook them and half of the vegetables you can just take raw or even more than that right. so statistically it's actually one thousand dollars less per household when people switch to more vegetable space dying again i'm not talking about becoming vegetarians or vegans i'm talking about just you know bringing a lot of vegetables to your thing or like all this power of wearables like you know apple watch or whoop or fitbit or garmin yeah it's not wearables anymore it's our personalized healthcare devices and they can prevent so many diseases and they, all they would do they will just include like you know glucose monitor there in a few years and blood pressure monitor and it's mm-hmm. going to be 90 to 95 percent of things that you need to measure about your health
1: yeah yeah that's 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 like amazing thing about technology that you can have this real real time exactly. about your uh, status, exactly. and then you can see like okay today i have like this worse Let's or like if you have like some sort of a detective that looks at maybe cancer cells or something like that in the future then uh, you can see it okay it starts to form and you can like eliminate it faster yeah yeah i agree hmm. well and also, of course you mentioned that the, it's expensive Like, well fasting is free and uh color restriction is also free so exactly <laughs> Still possible. exactly and like walking is free
0: last time i yeah. checked walking is free as well. And, uh, meditation, like people need like zero help with meditation. You don't even need an app or, 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 oh, sorry, not sorry. Um, use ring Yeah. Muse device to meditate. You know, you just, you know, sit calmly in, uh, in, uh, in a silent space and, uh, you yeah, know, uh, trying to manage, uh, your cortisol level and, um, Yeah, switching off all these random thoughts in in your head. So there's just, there's so many things that we can do for free. Just an excuse.
1: Yeah. Uh, What about like more of these advanced technologies, like, uh, or therapies? Like, have you tried any stem cells, uh, PRP or something like that?
0: Yeah, so I had a lot of offers because of like my community. I had a lot of offers to do stem cells injections. And I always said no to all of them. Uh, Well, if you have particular... Uh, health condition which would radically improve the quality of your life uh, then I think you should consider the stem cells but yeah there's I think it's just a little bit more than 10 conditions uh, in U.S. which is approved by FDA when you can basically kind of use the stem cells uh, regimen the rest is like people go to Bahamas to Panama uh, to Mexico to do uh, stem cell treatment. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I, I do think, you know, I'm uh, in the age of 49, you know, I, I'm, I can, with, within the current scope and, and availability of the science and technology, I can be healthy uh, and happy for another, what, 10, 20 years. And then we're gonna see the solution to the stem cell. Is it super promising technology? Ex- yes, 100%, I'm pretty sure. Do we understand all the downside of using that and all the risks? Uh, I don't think so.
1: Right. Just takes more time than to. Yeah. yeah. Just,
0: yeah, I know we, all, we want everything now. <laughs> uh, but it's like human biology and human health is the most complex thing that you can do. And well, it's the other myth. Like people like to, people would like to to find like a silver bullet to fix their health. Yeah. Like, what are the one thing that I need to do to stay healthy? There's no such a thing. If one thing would exist and it's either modern nature in the process of evolution, or uh, scientists in a form of scientific research will find the answer to aging. So it's always the combination of things. It's always managing complexity of your different, you know, habits and, and decisions in your lifestyle.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, but th- is there any, like, if you were to guess, like, what would be, like, the magic bullet in the future? Or, like, what is the most potential thing? Yeah, so I do believe it's
0: gene editing and gene therapy. And, uh, well, that's, like, a, the way for us to fundamentally kind uh, redefine ourselves uh, as a human. And, you know what, I mean, look what we have done in the last 30 years here um, with, with this field. Like 30 years ago, it took U.S. $3 billion and 13 years to sequence human genome. Right now, it's just a few hours and, you know, what, a couple of hundred dollars. That's it. Yeah. Um, like 30 years ago, like 20 years ago, gene, um, like gene therapy, uh, gene editing was uh, available only to like a handful of people who had very severe disease, had nothing to lose on this earth. Well, today... We're all participating in um, in the huge global experiment of gene therapy because Moderna and and you know, other COVID vaccines are the outcome of gene therapy. And I do right. think it's a positive experience. People have their own views on on vaccines. I have mine. But in the end of the day, like uh, what was that? Um Moderna vaccine, yeah, was developed in the course of two days. I mean, obviously, it was a lot of hard work for like decade before that. But in the end of the day, it's uh, this is uh, this is why we were so fast to respond to COVID. If COVID would happen, would have been happened like fifty years ago on this planet, like the death toll will be only
1: completely different scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, the technology can be great for sure. Like, uh, and uh, would you would you imagine that this process will be like even faster in the future? Like, you can um, you know do it within an hours if uh, another event like this happens in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we we living in a world where technology is exponentially uh, you know developing itself uh, all the time. So it's, it's the speed of technological innovation Going to be you know, faster and faster Well, by the way, my view is, then, is Speaking of gene editing and gene therapy Like in 10-20 years from now The biggest obstacles um, It's going to be not um, It's not going to be in, in the field of science not going to be in the field of technology But it's going to be in the field of ethics And regulation
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah like we've built all these technologies To extend our life But we still haven't been alive that we want to extend with inequality gap our bad relationship with modern nature outdated social constructs in our society you know all of this we need to fix it before people will embrace the idea of living
1: longer mm. yeah i totally agree because the ethics is uh that is going to be the final like conflict in a sense that uh, oh, yeah, with, exactly. with, whether or not people um, embrace it and uh, whether or not it's going to be legislated or whether or not it's allowed at the first place so yeah it's a huge uh ethical problem in terms of like yeah, well, what does it mean to be human and uh, what kind of society you want to live in and uh, yeah it's a very complex <laughs> more more, it is. more complex in some cases than the actual science
0: yeah, the final chapter of the book called morality of immortality and, and it is about the ethics of uh, longer living and uh, there's so many questions that we need to to solve and that's why a lot of people like if you ask um, in uh, like at least in uk and us if you ask people if they want to extend their life uh people uh, like 65 to 75 percent of people
1: say no to uh to that mm. right i think that, that there's this uh misconception about uh, either associating this living longer with you know the frailty and uh, the uh, degeneration or the idea of yeah immortality that uh you kind of somehow somehow um you're gaming the system in some way, or like you're, you're overcoming this uh, evolution or something. But it's not—it's not it's like just <laughs> extending the quality of your life in some sense and prolonging the uh, life that you have. It's not like you're not really yeah. really changing—you uh, know—you you are changing it. You're manipulating it, but you're not like really changing the fabric of reality. Is that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, we we just full of misconception. We have uh, wrong models to to uh, to use when we imagine us living longer.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and also like uh in the process we will learn about uh other things as well if with like gene therapies we can learn about how can we you know prevent cancer like, if you ask people like do you want to find a cure for cancer then they'll say yes but uh yeah do you want to use that same technology to uh live longer than no like it's yeah, <laughs> it's not like yeah a really contradictory. look yeah. i mean
0: it's it's uh it's the same like what we've been doing so far we were just preventing early death
1: that's yeah. it that's yeah.
0: that's how our like the only driver of life extension. But right now we're looking at different direction of reversing aging processes inside our bodies.
1: Hmm. Is there anything uh, that we didn't mention that you want to cover?
0: Uh, No, I think uh, we did discuss importance of ethics. We did discuss that um, the key message from the book is we are all going to be living longer or radically longer than we expect. And while we're waiting for all these beautiful technologies coming to us in the near horizon of longevity, 10, 20 years from now, uh, it's important to stay on longevity bridge and follow 10 uh, longevity choices or this five longevity buckets, like whatever your, you know, to-do list in in longevity. But the time to change is today, not in 10 years from now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, that's a good uh, note to end. As well, now, before I ask my last question, uh, where can people learn more about you and your book? Yeah, so the
0: easiest way to connect with me is go to Uh, This is my you know, platform where you can, you can find a lot of free stuff on longevity from infographics to kind of free books, access to Longevity Video Academy, uh, or just order the book uh, on you know, any platform. And uh, if you order the book, uh, you can claim the offer from sergeyoung.com um website we we give you a present like free longevity academy a couple of other books one on the diet the other one on the the kids health and and because i'm father of four so i'm (laughs) I'm, i've developed quite a framework how to teach them to live in a healthy way and uh, but otherwise just uh let's stay in touch we have very interesting newsletters this is this is the best way to connect
1: awesome Uh, we're going to put all the links in the show notes and my last question is, uh, what's this one piece of advice or a habit that you wish you adopted sooner?
0: Oof. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just uh, recognition that uh, of the importance of the mental health and happiness in addition to the physical health. Because every time we speak about health, there's a tendency to speak about physical health. Well, I think it's internal harmony. The... The, your relationship with the world, with the community, with people around you is much more important, uh, determinant of your even desire to live healthy life. So it's only when I discovered my longevity passion and started to, to share you know, the best of me with the world, working on my, all my pro bono uh, longevity projects, I discovered the true passion and uh, uh, became happy. So that's, that's, that's probably important. Uh, for me and i wish i would learn it not in uh, when i turned 43 but much earlier in life
1: well that's a really good advice because yeah like if you if you did live forever but you hated it then it's like uh, eternal yeah, suffering yeah <laughs> it doesn't make any sense i yeah. agree right well it was a great talking with you and uh, yeah looking forward to your future work thank you sim thanks to everyone in our
0: audience and please stay healthy and happy